Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for coming back. If you have been here before, if it is your first time here, hi. I'm so happy that you're here. This is the Grow As You Go podcast, and I'm your host, Michaela Deal. This week, we're doing another Q&A episode, kind of piggybacking off of last week's episode, just answering the questions that we did not get to last time. How's your week going, though? How's your week? My week has been good, but like for some reason, I'm telling you what, it has been just like hard to get in the routine of anything. Like I'm, I'm trying to do certain things, but like, it's not super easy. So I don't know if anyone else is feeling that resistance in your own life. If you're wanting to do certain things, I just have such a hard time with certain stuff. So we've been doing good at getting eight hours of sleep, but waking up early to the point that we want to has not been happening because I can't get eight hours of sleep unless I go to bed early. So that's where I'm at, but it's been a good productive week, but I'm so happy that it's Friday. That's what I'm recording right now. I'm pretty upset about one thing right now. And that is that Halloween weekend is this weekend and I'm not doing anything. And by doing anything, like what I'm really upset about is I'm not dressing up. Like I don't have a costume. You know what I mean? That's like one of the best parts of the year is like going to a Halloween party or like getting to dress up in a costume and just like having so much fun. My friend that normally has a Halloween party is moving this weekend. So I'm helping her move. So I will not be dressing up, which is totally fine. That means next year you will catch me in full effect, guys. You're going to be so sick of me next year because I didn't do much this year in terms of stuff that I would like to do. So we're popping off next year. Stay tuned. But I hope you're doing something fun for Halloween and I would love to hear what you guys are dressing up as. My favorite costume I've ever done is so hilarious. It's SpongeBob. And not even for the fact that like, it wasn't sexy SpongeBob. Like I was like hilariously SpongeBob, like in a big square costume. Okay. That's the kind of person I am. So I redid that costume a couple times, but I'm at the point now where like, I want to do some cool costumes. So I really need to get creative next year. Last year I was a fairy. And then the year before that, I was Cosmo and Wanda with my friend. So I just really love Halloween. But let's get into today's episode. First question. Can you talk about people that are short with you and not asking questions, but still are interested in talking to you? That's what I'm dealing with. So I would assume that this is a romantic situation. I would assume, right? But I'll give an answer for both, whether it's romantic or not romantic. But if you're talking to people that are just being short with you, number one, that's like the easiest cue that someone isn't interested in you if someone's being short, right? Like if someone's short with me, I don't want to continue talking to that person. And if anything, like sometimes people can be giving you subtle hints and being short, right? So that you stop talking almost like they might do that so that you stop talking to them sometimes. You know what I mean? So that could be part of it. But if they're not asking any questions about you, it's also another red flag. One, someone being short, red flag. Someone not asking any questions about you, another huge red flag. Because relationships, whether it's romantic or platonic, they need to be reciprocal. Like both sides, you know what I mean? Both people need to have interest. Both people need to be supporting the other person and just equally interested, you know? So if they're not asking questions about you, but they're still interested in talking to you, it sounds like they're using you as a way for them to get validation you know, or that they're just selfish. That could be part of it as well. They could be so wrapped up in their own thing. It really depends on how well you know this person, or if this is someone that you just met and you're talking to, because either way, it's not good. But if you've been friends with someone for a while, maybe they're going through something. If they're not asking a ton of questions about you, but they're still interested in talking to you, they could be just doing their best in that moment to show up for you in the only way that they can. But if it is something that if it's like a newer relationship or someone that you're getting to know in the dating scene or whatever, yeah, I just don't like the vibes because it's showing me that they aren't, they're too selfish to have a healthy relationship, you know, especially in the early stages, someone should be courting you in a sense where they're like putting on 
like their best foot forward to impress you, to make you think that they, that you should continue keeping them in your life, you know, cause it really is like an interview process just with dating. So if someone is being that way to you and they are talking to you all the time, but they're not making it seem like they really care much about you at all. It could just be that they are using you as a sounding board, someone to listen to them, someone to make them feel good, to make them feel safe, to make them feel cared for. And that's not cool to me. I don't like that. In either of those scenarios, I don't like it, but what I would recommend doing, I don't know again, how long you've known this person. Everything is solved with a conversation because either way, every time you have a conversation, you're going to get what you want, whether it's what you actually like want to happen or if it's what you need to happen, you know? So if it works out, you get what you needed because now you're not going to be putting yourself in a situation to continue being that sounding board for that person. And if you get what you wanted, which would them like showing up and kind of changing their behavior, being like, Oh, I'm so sorry that I've been doing that. Like, I'll definitely make an effort to like ask you more questions and stuff. I'm sorry that I made you feel that way, you know? And if it was a friendship, then it's definitely have a conversation with someone that's been in your life for a long time about anything to keep the relationship healthy and in a good place because you don't need to be harboring resentment. But if it's someone that you barely know and they're being like that, you don't need to have a conversation with them. But I would just take it as not interest, not interested or like a lack of interest on some end or just simply not the right connection for you to be putting your time and energy into. Because if it was the right connection, you would feel like hyped up and excited and feel like that person wants to talk to you. Like if you're not sure if that person wants to talk to you, that's not a good sign. Like I don't like the energy, not that that's the case, but you deserve someone who's going to make you feel supported, cared for, you know, wanted, like all those things are extremely valid. So that is for you to decide if it is something that is newer and you don't really even care. And you're kind of like, okay, I just wanted to get your opinion on this, but like, I don't actually care to talk to them. Like whatever, bye. Then yeah, absolutely. Just stop talking to them, you know, but all comes down to that. But I think the way that people treat you is a reflection of the way that they treat themselves. So that's a huge thing. If someone's not showing up for you, they're probably not showing up for themselves. And if they can't show up for themselves, they aren't going to be able to show up for you. So it might just not be the right person for you or the right time, you know, or the right person or the right time. A part of that person could be interested in getting to know you more and like wanting to not ruin things with you. But they, again, might not be able to actually show up or be like emotionally available or vulnerable enough to ask questions and actually put themselves out there and get to know you. So that could be a sign of emotional unavailability for sure. And just always trust your gut in the early stages of dating. If you're seeing signs where maybe you think something isn't vibing to a certain way, don't give it the benefit of the doubt, you know, have a conversation if you care to just like, Hey, do you think that you're in a good like headspace for this? Like, are you interested in seeing where this goes, whatever, but that's absolutely up to you. But a lot of times when you're getting signs like this in the early stages, you probably should just either have a conversation and get out or just get out because your body always knows before your mind can catch up, you know, and literally get on board. Like one thing's always going to know, like your body kind of has a feeling before, but sometimes we'll stay a little longer than we should because we're like, well, you know what? I've been guilty of that for sure. But there's a saying that the red flags in the beginning, in the early stages are ultimately what will end a relationship. I could not agree with that more. If you have red flags or like certain things that you're like, eh, and the more that you like side eye it and act like it's not there, it probably, I wouldn't be surprised is what ends up being what ends that relationship. Maybe you're getting signs that someone isn't emotionally available in the beginning. Well, 
couple months later, you might find out that that is exactly the case and that might be what ends it. So you could save yourself some time and energy for sure just by having a conversation or just like allowing yourself to leave whenever you notice these things at first. Next question, am I still doing the cold plunges? So at the moment, no, I still have a cold plunge and everything and I'm definitely gonna continue trying to figure out how to do that. But me living in Texas, I started trying to do cold plunges. And if you don't know what cold plunges is, it's a cold exposure therapy. So basically it could be ice baths or whatever, but you have, you could either use your bathtub, you could do cold showers. If your shower gets cold enough, me in Texas, it does not. My cold water is very warm, especially in the summertime. So cold showers for me were out. So I was interested in getting a cold plunge and just trying to do cold plunges in the morning, because whenever you do cold plunges first thing in the morning, especially if you're someone who has any mental health stuff going on, it's just, it's a great way to kickstart your day in a very uncomfortable way, which forces yourself out of your comfort zone first thing in the morning, which just sets up your mood. You're like, you just feel great. It boosts your serotonin levels throughout the day, your dopamine levels. It just has you feeling really, really good. So I really wanted to get into it just for the mental health benefits overall and just for like feeling like as best as I possibly can throughout the days. Also, it's really good for muscle recovery and a million other things. I'm going to pull up a list of all the benefits really quick. So a few of the benefits when it comes to cold plunging is relieving muscle soreness, aiding with recovery after workouts, reducing inflammation, boosting immunity. Some report cold plunges also yield mental health benefits like improving clarity, reducing depression or anxiety. So a lot of times in the morning, whenever we wake up, a lot of people will experience anxiety or depression first thing in the morning more so than the rest of their day and so what I really wanted to see is how doing this first thing in the morning would like change the course of my day because a lot of things can seem so hard like oh my gosh how am I going to do all these things today right but if you start your morning off with just getting in a cold plunge like an ice cold bath for three minutes like three to five minutes or whatever everything else is going to seem so much easier and I wanted to get that mental health benefits. Just, I wanted to feel good, right? I just wanted to feel good and see how it affected me. And also all the physical benefits as well. It's just, there's a million things that are amazing for you, but I've done a lot of research on it and it's recommended that you get 11 minutes of cold exposure therapy a week for the benefits of that. So that would be like, you know what I mean? Two to three minutes a day or like even less. So I got a cold plunge. I started using it, but because I live in Texas and it was summertime when I started, it just was not working out for me at all. I tried a few different ways. I tried like five days in a row trying to see how much ice I would need. I think I started with like three or four bags of ice. That didn't do anything. The water was extremely warm. Then I tried freezing water bottles and that didn't work out. It was just not, it was just imagine me getting in a cold plunge with all of the freaking water bottle labels just floating off and just being in the freaking cold plunge with me. And it wasn't even cold. It was like a, it was an ultimate fail every single time. So I tried six bags of ice the one time, even that didn't do it. Even that did not do it. So being in Texas, I am unable to bring my cold plunge inside. That's just so unsafe on so many levels. Cause I would have to keep it in my bathtub and I really don't want to have to refill it every single day because if I refill it every single day, I just feel like I'm wasting so much water that I don't need to be using. And especially Texas, we've been in a drought, you know what I mean? So I just wasn't trying to use like water I didn't need to be using. So I wanted to be able to fill it up like once a week, keep it in there, drain it, refill it every week or so and keep it outside or in my garage. And I was keeping it in my garage thinking that would like be a little bit better just from like weather animals and also just maybe a little bit cooler in there. No, I had no freaking luck. So 
basically I drained my cold plunge, cleaned it all out recently, like last weekend. I also got a new insulated lid or like a new insulated situation to try with it too, to see if maybe that helps. It is getting a little bit colder in Texas. So I'm definitely going to start it again. I just don't want to be wasting like $20 a day on ice. That just is absolutely ridiculous to me. So if anyone has any recommendations, let me know. But I thought about getting like an ice maker, but like, I feel like if I get one of those, I need it to be big enough to like actually do something. Like it needs to be a pretty big one. I'm also really interested in getting a chiller for my cold plunge. So that would be something that just plugs into it and keeps it cold at a certain temperature all the time. That would definitely help me keep it where it needs to be. But those are like $900 to like $1,000. And that just seems absolutely ridiculous. So, so far I've been losing big time in terms of that. So a chiller, um, an ice maker, or me making my own cold plunge out of like a deep freezer and insulating it and doing it that way is another thing. But right now I'm like, is that super sustainable for me? Like who knows where I'll be at? Do I really want to move this thing around with me? The answer would be yes. I would want to take it with me wherever I move, but it just seems like a whole ordeal. So if anyone has any tips or whatever, let me know, but I'm going to keep looking into it. But in the meantime, no, I'm not doing cold plunges, but I'm definitely going to be picking that back up soon. Next question. What do you think the biggest lesson you've learned this year so far is? Dude, there are so many, like, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot, there's a lot of lessons I've learned this year, but I think the most important lesson that I've learned is honoring my body and like actually allowing myself to rest and not feeling like I need to be doing something at all times, because I definitely am so guilty of that where I feel like I need to be doing something all the time. It's, it's so rare for me these days to just like actually sit down and watch a movie or even watch TV without being distracted, like on my phone, editing a video or texting. You know what I mean? I just feel like I have been really trying to put in uninterrupted alone time where I can actually rest and relax and allow my mind and body to slow down because everything I'm doing is like on a schedule, which I think a lot of people can relate to. But I went through kind of like a scary situation back in January where my body was just overwhelmed with stress. Like, I, I don't know what happened to me, but like I ended up in the hospital and I don't know what to like put it on or what, what to correlate it to. But I feel like it may have something to do with me getting off birth control, maybe something to do with me getting off med like ADHD medication. Um, but either way, my body just like was freaking out and just, I needed to slow down and I needed to give myself time to rest and recharge and not be pushing my body all the time, whether it's in the gym, like just honoring myself. So if I don't feel up to going to the gym, I don't have to go. Like it's not the end of the world, you know, obviously I have fitness goals and stuff that I'm sticking to, but I'm trying to really just do what feels best to my body. I think whenever you have goals and you have a lot of stuff that you're doing in your life, which everybody can relate to, but like I have my nine to five, I'm trying to create a life outside of my nine to five. So I'm working a lot outside of my nine to five on other stuff, like four or five different things. So it's hard for me to to allow myself to just sit whenever I feel like, okay, well, if this is what you want, you really need to be putting in the work to get there, which is so true. But that's kind of what I'll do to myself sometimes where I'm like, all right, well, you have this time, like we should do our nails. You know what I mean? Cause like, cause I do my own nails at home or we have this time. Like we should be thinking about like what we want to do on the podcast or we should be editing these videos or we should be pitching to brands or there's just like so many things I could come up with. Like I'm taking my personal training course. So creating a schedule has been really helpful for that with the help of my friend recently to focus on everything or most things during the weekdays. And that way on the weekends, I actually have some free time to relax and do things that I want to do. So if that, if I just want to lay around and watch TV, I can do that and not feel guilty about it. But I think 
factoring in rest, just make sure you're doing that because if you're not, it's so easy to get burnout in anything, anything at all. And your body needs rest in order just to feel connected to yourself, to have fun with friends, just time to go out and do things and actually enjoy your life. Life isn't work. Life shouldn't just be work. There should be balance. So that has been probably my biggest lesson is learning how to balance my responsibilities, managing my time and honoring my rest and honoring what my body needs in that moment and allowing myself to just do what I want and not really caring about what anyone else has to say about it. You know, if I need to like sit out some trips because it's the best decision for me having to sit out those trips, um, or, you know, like just making the best decisions for you, even when they're hard, I think has been, it's, it's kind of like a whole theme. I know those things are all a little bit different, but having to sit th- certain things out or make adult decisions that might not be so fun. I think that's been one of my biggest lessons this year for sure. Just even, even if I want to go and do something, maybe honoring my body, my rest, and just like looking at what is going to be the best decision for me overall and doing that instead. No one can really look out for you except you at the end of the day. So you owe it to yourself to really be looking out for yourself to make sure you're making the right decisions for you that sets you up for your future self. Maybe if you've been wanting to save money, not blowing money all the time, like little things like that, just really trying to hold yourself accountable for the goals that you have. And also, um, if you know you need rest, take that rest and don't guilt yourself about it. Don't spend that time that you're resting thinking, Oh, I should be doing this instead. Or, Oh, I'm such a piece of crap. Like I should be, no, like you're allowed to rest and relax and you need days to rest and chill so that you can be on your grind the next week. So allow yourself to just vibe and chill so that you can actually come back better than ever next week. Relaxing is like the best part about life. Guys, I don't know if you know, but I'm absolutely obsessed with meditating. And I know there's so many different ways of going about meditating these days. There's different apps. There's so many different things. And it can seem super freaking overwhelming, honestly. And for me, I'm going to tell you, I've tried tons of different apps. I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried ones on YouTube. It can be really hard to sit still. So if you're not somebody who likes just seated meditations or whatever it may be, or maybe you're just new to meditating, I have the perfect freaking thing for you. And I'm so excited to have a little offer to give you guys. I am obsessed with Superhuman. That is the app that I choose to use for my meditating these days because I find that it's the best. It gives me the most versatile situation. So I'm able to use it not only sitting down, but if I don't have time to sit down, I can also do walking meditations. I can do running errands meditations, up the wall meditations. You can have your legs just up stretching. There's stretching meditations. There's a lot of pep talks on there for every certain situation. I'm all into all those things. There's also a cleaning meditation as well. Travel meditations. I'm obsessed. They even have ones to listen to before you go on a first date or after like a family dinner, if it went bad, like they have everything you could possibly need. So I'm so excited to give you guys this offer. So I reached out to superhuman cause I really wanted to work with them and they are letting me offer you guys a hundred percent off a one month trial also plus the two week free trial period. So by trying and signing up with my code, you get a six weeks free membership through them. So you're able, it gives you plenty of time to try it. If it's not something that you like, you can just cancel it. Simple as that. But I love how much time they're giving you guys to kind of try it out because I know for a fact that you're probably going to fall in love with it. And if you stick with it and stay consistent, I promise you like even just a couple days a week and notice what 
it will do to your mental health. You will have a much more calm brain. You're going to feel way more connected to yourself. And it allows you to set intentions throughout your day that genuinely have changed my life, especially going to work at a job that isn't necessarily what I want to be doing with my life these days. It helps me to have a good mindset to go into whatever day, no matter what I'm doing. It helps me to stay focused, present, and just living in the moment, which I love. But so, like I said, it gives you six weeks to figure out if it is something that you want to stick with or not, and you will not get charged until after the six weeks is up. So let's say you started it and you want to cancel it literally the next day. You can cancel it the next day and you still will have six weeks to use it. And if it is something you decide that you want to do again, you could always, you know what I mean, go back to it. But this way you have plenty of time to figure out if it's something that you want to do or not. The sign up with my code only works if you go through the website though. So I will have that linked below. You can't go through the app store or Google play or anything like that. In order to get this deal, you need to go to www.superhuman.app slash register, sign up with my code Michaela. That is M I C H A E L A. And I will have all that listed below, but please give it a try. I swear to God, you guys will love it so much. And I can tell you it has hundred percent changed my life for the better. And it's something that I incorporate in my every single day life where meditating always was something that was super hard for me to find time to do. Go and try superhuman and become literally a superhuman. I swear to God, I am a superhuman now because of this app. Next question, pros and cons of living alone. I adore living alone. I really do. I have lived alone for years. So just to take you through like my history of living, just so you can understand, I obviously lived with my dad in high school. Then once I went to college, my first year I lived with a roommate because you had two in dorms. I knew her. And then my sophomore year of college, I transferred and I lived alone in a very small studio apartment. And I never had an issue with it. It was kind of nice and it really forces you to grow and learn things about yourself for sure. And you're just around yourself so much. You know, it can be a curse and it can be a blessing. So you really have to like be able to look at it each way and make sure you're not isolating and stuff. But so after my sophomore year, I lived with two girls that I became friends with and that was a lot of fun. And then the year after that, I lived alone again, my senior year. And then after that, I moved away three and a half hours to Pittsburgh from where I went to college and I got my own like house and like apartment house situation. But it was basically like a whole little house. And it was just really cool to have my own space. I like having my own space. I grew up honestly, basically an only child. It felt like at times, at least in high school, I'm not an only child, but to my dad, I am. So I have two siblings. They are half siblings. We share the same mom. We have different dads. So I grew up with my siblings like half and half. Like we obviously had like custody with our like fathers and stuff like back and forth. So you know what I mean? Kind of a little bit of a chaotic situation, but I was with them a lot until I was in, I want to say like seventh grade ish. And then I moved with my dad. So I lived with him all of like high school. And so at that point, I just feel like, especially like being younger with the whole shared custody thing, I think I just got very comfortable with my alone time because obviously I don't remember a lot of the specifics, you know what I mean? I really don't, but my siblings would go with their parent or with my, their dad at times. And then I would be with my dad at certain times. So I was never like with my siblings all the time. So I got very used to having to be alone, playing alone, doing things alone, you know? So I feel like I didn't really even hang out with anyone until I was in like fourth grade ish. That's at least what I like remember. So I just got really used to playing alone and doing things alone. And I think that at a young age, that was kind of who, where I got comfort because I was used to it. So I kind of find safety in being alone. So 
I think to me, living with people definitely is nice and fun. It definitely keeps you forcing yourself out of your like comfort zone and your shell and you're like socializing more, which I think is definitely good and it can be good. And you're just doing more, you know, but if you want to live alone, I think that there's a million great things about that because one, you don't have to worry about getting in anyone else's way. You don't have to worry about tiptoeing around other people or being quiet. You can do whatever you want. If you want to walk around your house naked, you can walk around your house naked because you don't have to worry about anyone else. You don't have to worry about whose food is whose in the fridge or people eating your food. You don't have to worry about people using your plates if you don't want them using your plates. You know, you don't have to worry about someone leaving the dishes up all the time because at the end of the day, if you live alone, if the dishes are bad, it's only your fault, you know? So I've lived with people in the past where like, there's just little things, you know what I mean? That could be annoying about like certain stuff, but like it was, I had fun living with people in my experiences when I did, but I think that it's cool. It was fun to do in college, but I think outside of college for me, I am happy living alone for sure. And I prefer it. I like having my own space. I have a dog also. So it's nice for me to just go to the beat of my own drum and not have to worry about anything. I just like being able to come home, my little like safe haven, my little safe bubble and then obviously you can always go out and do things with people and definitely don't isolate. I think the cons of living alone, you can isolate. It can get lonely at times if you aren't comfortable being alone. But even if you are comfortable being alone, it still can get lonely depending on how often you're seeing people outside. I'm in a bit of a weird stage in my life at the moment because I have been in Texas for three years and I definitely have friends here, but I don't really hang out with anyone and I don't do a whole lot and that's totally okay. Like I hang out with like my best friend who's here, but outside of that, like I'll go to the gym with her and stuff and like I'll go to work, but outside of that, I don't do much, you know, like most of the people that I'm like, that are my people are back home either in Pennsylvania or in North Carolina. So for me, I've had a lot of time this year to just kind of think, about things a little bit differently because my one friend was here and she moved away and she was someone who I saw a lot. Like if I was doing something, a lot of the times it would have been with my friend who just moved earlier this year. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you need to make sure that you are comfortable living alone, which I am. And there's just a lot of pros and cons. It really just comes down. I would say there's more pros for me personally, but it really depends on the person that you are, what your interests are, what your hobbies are. You know what I mean? Do you do hobbies that are kind of loud and annoying and maybe some people wouldn't want to deal with all the time? Like for me, I make videos and it's nice to be able to just do that whenever I want, not having to worry about anyone else. Also singing. I love to sing. So like being able to sing and stuff, you don't have to worry about other people, you know? So just, it comes down to like things that you like and everything, but I personally really enjoyed living alone. Not that I would be against living with like someone else. I've done it before, but I don't know. I think that there's, there's definitely pros and cons to both by living with other people. You really don't have a spot to get like in your shell as much because you're always probably going to be socializing, always like seeing people throughout the day. I think having socialization is really good. So just keeping that in mind. So if you do live alone, just making sure that you are scheduling socialization and like making sure that you're having times throughout your week where you are getting out and doing things for sure, because you don't want to get cooped up in your house. The more you get cooped up, the more you don't want to go anywhere. You know, it just can be like a crappy cycle. So definitely make sure you're doing stuff outside of that if you do go that route. But at the end of the day, I love living alone. I love having my own space. I love being able to just cook my own meals and just feel like I'm kind of doing my own thing for sure. I personally really enjoy it. And I've never been at a point where like, oh, I really wish I was living with someone. Like that's not where I'm at. 
You know, I love being able to go and spend time with people when I want and like obviously hanging out with people. But like, I love being able to just come back to my place and just being alone at the end of the day. Oh my gosh, this is a random like intermission to this, but I just got on TikTok for like two seconds and I watched a video of a, I like the videos that get me more than anything are the videos where people buy colorblind people glasses so they can see in color for the first time. And it just like blows my mind that we're out here a lot of the times, like, you know, making problems up about things that shouldn't even be problems. Like when I watch videos like that, it really puts things in perspective for me. Cause I'm like, dude, I can see color every single day. Why am I not like taking advantage of that or like really appreciating that? And obviously it's because we see it all the time. Right. But imagine not being able to see color all the time and how dull that would be. You know, I can only imagine how awful that would be. It just like warms my heart and makes me so like grateful. Like for the littlest of things, being able to see, seeing in color, being able to hear, being able to taste my food, walking, my health, you know what I mean? Little random intermission, but like just be grateful today because what a freaking blessing. Next question, how to make friends in your 20s. It is hard, it is challenging, it's not a super fun thing. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not impossible though and it really isn't as bad, I don't think, as it actually seems. But for me, most of my friends that I've made in my 20s have been through work. So the jobs that I've had. Literally, that's how I've made like any friends, to be honest with you. Back in Pittsburgh, I made like all of my best friends from the job that I had. Love them, still good friends with them to this day. And my best friend, I mean, that, that was someone who I've known before, but like Shelby, my best friend here that I made in Texas, I met her through work. And since we worked together, like another time after that, and then I ended up getting her a job with my other friend, we're all just like very intertwined. But outside of friends that I've met through work, it's been through mutual friends, you know? So that's kind of how I've met all my people. I've met a few friends at the gym. Um, I've met just like people just out and about. You really just have to put yourself out there and expose yourself to being like in situations that might be a little bit uncomfy, which is going out in public, you know? And the more that you do something like that, the less scary that it is, like finding friends in like real places. But they make Bumble BFF as well, which is an app that you can use, like Bumble the dating app, but you can put it to BFF version. So people are on there just to make friends and meet and stuff. And I know a lot of people have had success with that. Also, there is a Facebook group called Fun on Weekdays by Jenna Palak. She is a content creator that has a podcast called fun on weekdays. And she made an entire community on Facebook that there's like groups for every single state. So people can meet up and make friends that are a part of that group just in that state. I would highly recommend that to be honest. I am a part of that Facebook group, but I know that she made like a million like subcategories of her group to like allow people into it. If like, let's say you live in Pennsylvania, all Pennsylvania people are there just so that you can really like put yourself out there, just make a post like, Hey, I'm Michaela, blah, blah, blah. I live here. I'm this old. I love to do these things. I'm looking for like some girlfriends. I would love to meet up very quick and easy social media, man. Even like, let's say you follow people on social media. You can always just shoot your shot with people on the internet too. If you follow someone and you guys like seem like you have similar interests and you think that person's cool and they have characteristics of someone that you'd want to be friends with. There's nothing, there's no harm in just messaging them. Hey, like I would love to like get coffee sometime or like go like, I don't know, like I'm new here or whatever. Like I'm new to the area. I'm like making friends. I would love to like go get dinner sometime or like go to the farmer's market. Like anything that you like to do, just ask them if they'd want to do something. A hundred percent it would work. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself out there for sure. But definitely for me, it's been tempting like different offices I've worked in, like anyone that I've met has been literally met through dental hygiene for me. So that's my job. So outside of that, again, it has been just through 
other jobs or like things, you know, that just force you to network and talk to people. Those are my tips for sure. The opportunities are endless, but definitely try out fun on weekdays, Facebook group or bubble BFF for sure. But also if you're looking to meet people or even like dating or whatever, and you want to put yourself out there, just go to places that you like to go more frequently. So you could join clubs, you could join certain leagues like volleyball leagues or something. You could go to certain coffee shops all the time. The more that you put yourself in situations in public, the more likely you can meet people that continue to go to those spots as well. Create conversation with people. You never know who you're going to meet. And I know sometimes if we go out all the time, like you can meet people out. Like if you go out to the bars, if that's something that you like to do. But again, you need to make sure that you are kind of meeting someone at a place that you like to go. Cause if you don't really like to go out and you meet someone out, you guys might not align as much. Same thing goes for dating. Do you like, if you meet somebody out at a bar, you might not, you know what I mean? Some, there might be a better place for you to meet someone. So just, I, I think it varies for each person, but think about the things that you like to do on a, on a day to day and just put yourself in those areas more. Like even if it's grocery shopping, people watching, take yourself on dates. And the more that you put yourself out there into the world, kind of like open to communication and like anything that the universe or God has to offer, you're going to find the right connections. hundred percent. Next question. How do you stay on track with eating healthy? Honestly, eating healthy has just become a lifestyle change for me. It's not something I hold myself to a super strict standard at all, but it's just certain mindful choices that I'll make, if that makes sense. I'm not super hard on myself, like, oh my gosh, you can't have an Oreo. You know what I mean? If I ever want a cookie, I'm going to have a cookie. If I'm ever craving ice cream, I will allow myself to have it, you know? And obviously not every single night. Like I don't, I honestly don't crave ice cream every single night, but even if I did, there's ways to get in healthier options is my point. So you could have like Yasso frozen yogurt bars, mint chocolate chip. They're bomb. Okay. If you ever are trying to get in your sweets or something, cause you should be able to have like a sweet treat still, or like for instance last week I cut up strawberries and I instead of like doing chocolate covered strawberries I melted chocolate in the microwave and I just like put them on top so like there's always ways for you to like balance in things that you want versus things that are just healthier but the key is to making sure that you're making meals that excite you and are meals that you actually want to eat I think the term healthy can vary depending on who you ask but to me healthy is eating meals that fuel my body, that make me feel good, that don't restrict any category of food for me personally. And um, I don't know, just, just allowing yourself to have a good relationship with food. That is one thing I've never struggled with. I know a lot of people like definitely have struggled with that before and I my heart goes out to you and I totally get it. I've seen it in people in my personal life for sure, but I'm very grateful for that. So what helps me stay on track though? is I will create a grocery list like on, during the weekend or whatever. I'll think, what meals do I want to be eating next week? I'll come up with my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner. And I might have like another, like I'll kind of keep my lunches the same, but I might have one or two dinner options just to give myself some variety. And then I will have snacks as well. Like what snacks do I want to eat? I will plan everything. You don't want to wait until the day of to be planning your meals. And some people can do that and roll with it. And that's great. But if you have certain goals for yourself where you like know that you actually want to set yourself up for success, then you really should be just thinking a little bit ahead. You don't, it doesn't have to be this huge thing, but just like think about it a little bit. And what I like to do is literally just look up on TikTok. Like I'll look up meal ideas and I'll look for things that sound good to me for that week. And then I'll like bookmark them, put in my grocery list the things I need for it. And that helps me one, save money. So I'm not blowing money on a bunch of different meals and then wasting food because I'm only getting ingredients for the meals that I'm planning on making that week, if that makes sense. 
And it also just sets me up to stay on track with my fitness goals. So me personally, and whatever you personally do is great. So don't feel like you need to like do things my way, but I do not restrict my body from carbs at all. I don't restrict my body from fats. I definitely don't restrict my body from protein. I try to eat a higher protein diet just to make sure that I am hitting my fitness goals. Because if you're not eating as much protein as is recommended for you and your body weight and everything, you might not be seeing the results that you want. So for me, I'm trying to grow muscle. I'm trying to grow the booty, all the things like that. So for me, I try to get at least 140 to 150 grams of protein a day. And that doesn't come super easy if you're not planning ahead of time, right? So that's why I'll think about my meals. So like little, a little idea on like how I eat personally, meals that I'm eating a lot right now, I'll eat either protein oats, in the morning. So right there, like I'm always making sure for my breakfast, I'm getting in at least like 20 grams of protein minimum, but I'm often getting higher than that now because I'll kind of have my like protein coffee in the morning. And which is so good, by the way, it's literally the best thing ever, which I'll tell you about it, but I'll do protein coffee on my days that I work from home. And then on my days that I don't work from home, I might have like a bagel with cream cheese reduce fat. Like I'll do like little things to make it just a little bit better. So like whenever I'm getting my condiments, I'll get sugar free or, you know what I mean? Just like very sugar free, lower calorie sauces and stuff. Like I use hot sauces a lot. So like those types of things are pretty whatever. But again, I'm not super strict about my calories. I don't withhold myself if I want something, but I'm mindful. So I'll try to think about like, okay, I know that like, this is kind of where I'm at for this. I'll eat meals that sound good to me, but I'll make sure that I'm getting around the protein that I want. And then like if carbs and fats, like they're basically going to like one might be a little bit over for what I should be eating, but I'm not going to be hard on myself for that, you know, because I work out and do things to feel my body. So it all depends. Everyone's needs are different. So if you want to kind of figure out your own personal needs and stuff, they do make macro calculators just online. I don't count my macros super strictly every single week, but I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful of putting it into my fitness pal at the beginning of the week just to see like, okay, this is where it's lining up. Okay. I am on track with my protein goal. That's kind of what I'll do. Um, so you know what I'm saying? So everyone's goals are a little bit different, but your macros are the three main nutrient groups that fuel your body for energy. So that's carbs, fats, and proteins. Your micronutrients are all the other small things like vitamins, minerals, that kind of thing. Just in case anyone doesn't have any like background knowledge on that, that's just a little like little thing there. But that is how I personally stay on track. I have a schedule. I always make sure I have my groceries at least by Sunday. And I always will try to meal prep my meals or at least ingredient meal prep so that like all my meat is cooked, all my vegetables are cooked. Everything can just be kind of thrown quickly. It saves me time during the week. It sets me up for success. It keeps me on track with my goals and it keeps my body feeling good. The less that I eat out, the less I crave eating out. But between you and me. I love eating out so much, but I will tell you, I have noticed that since I've cut back on eating Chipotle as much as I used to, I don't crave it as much. You know, do I crave freaking Like, Did I crave Chipotle while I was making this podcast though? Yes. I always will on the weekends, but like I'll try Monday through Thursday to eat at home only. And then on the weekends, I'll allow myself to eat out once or twice, but I'm really trying to just make sure even if I have to get groceries twice a week right now to make sure I have new meals on the weekends or something, I'm doing that just to keep myself from spending unnecessary money on takeout because me personally, I'm trying to just do some money saving things at the moment. And if anyone else is in that boat, I bet a couple of you are, that's the best way to do it. Just making meals that excite you at home. And it also just teaches you how to cook and gets you better in the kitchen, you know? So like all around a million good things come out of like making healthier choices for yourself, but just understanding that it is a healthy lifestyle. 
So for the most part, I'll eat 80% quote unquote healthy, 20% unhealthy, or even whatever. That's not even like specifically, I don't have no clue what my actual percentages are, but that's just mindfully kind of what I'll do. I don't withhold myself from anything, but I will make healthy choices most of the time. However, if I go out to eat, like I'm not holding back like at all, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not one of those people where it's like when I go out to a restaurant, I'm going to get broccoli instead of French fries. Like that's not me, you know? So when I go out and I want to get a burger and fries, I'm going to get a burger and fries and I'm going to get a beer, you know? or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that everyone's health and fitness is a little bit different, but me personally, when I go out, I'm definitely going out and enjoying the foods that I really love. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with going out to a restaurant either and getting the broccoli if that's something that you prefer, you know? So everyone is different, but that is how I personally stay on track. Last question, how to grow on social media to make extra income. This really, this question is so loaded because there's so many different types of ways to make money on social media these days for sure. Um, for instance, a couple, like you could, depending on what you want to do, if you want to be a content creator, like slash quote unquote influencer, you could one, you just have to stay consistent and post and obviously build your audience and everything. That's one way. Cause you, you need an audience in order to work with brands or to like get somewhere, but brand deals is a huge way, but that is more so for like established content creators. However, there's something called UGC, which is user generated content that is for, brands to use the content that you make. You don't have to post it. So you don't need to have any followers in order to do user generated content, which is really cool. But there's just so much that goes into it, knowing how to negotiate with brands, knowing how to look it up. And there's so many resources if you're looking to learn how to do so, but you just have to stay committed and stay consistent and kind of grow your craft in a sense, because making videos, you can't just make a video and expect it to be a good one. Like there's so much craft that goes into it. You know what I'm saying? And so for user generated content, that is what brands use as advertisements on social media or for organic content. Maybe they want to use it on their pages. So it would just be a post on their Instagram, but you're creating that content, you would get paid for it. And a lot of times you can be in contracts with brands. So if you're making X amount of videos for a brand, you'll get X amount of money each month consistently if you're contracted with them. So that's one way. Also, like if you continue to post and you have so many followers or whatever on like TikTok, Instagram, you can be a part of certain funds or like creator programs on there to get money that way. Um, also Amazon influencing, which is like Amazon affiliate marketing. You have an Amazon storefront, you link it, people shop from your links, you get money. Um, a, a certain percentage. There's just like affiliate marketing. Like there's so many different ways to grow on social media to make extra income. So if you're looking to grow on social media, that is the first step would be to grow on social media and like make that audience. But if there's certain things that you want to do and you don't want to have a following or you don't want to go through all of that, but you would like to find little side hustle stuff, hundred percent things I just said, you know what I mean? You could look into user generated content and you could also create your own business and kind of go into that. There's also Amazon drop shipping, which is one thing, which I'm a little interested in, but I haven't like actually had time to like go into that and like, you know what I mean? Make it a whole thing. But Amazon drop shipping, from what I understand it to be, is buying a product or a product that's already on Amazon and you're able to use that product and under your own thing, and then other people ship it for you. You never see it at your house. You're never seeing all this inventory or anything. You don't have to do any of the heavy lifting, but you are making money from it because it is your product. You also can create a product to sell on Amazon. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you're able to just use like best selling um, products and just like start selling it yourself. 
Like, I'm pretty sure. So just look into that as well. You don't need any following to do Amazon drop shipping, but it's a great way to make money on the side. I've seen from people's testimonials, that kind of thing. Also, you can create digital products and sell them online as well. So that would be, for instance, like a meal book, um, creating like a book of like meals that you want to sell or meals that you make all the time that you know people would buy to get like your recipes or a course that maybe you want to create a course to teach people how to do this. If you're really good at something, how can you create a course? That, you know what I mean? sell to people to help them be as good as what you are currently at one thing. You know, you, you're like teaching them the steps of how to get where you got and succeed at something. That's another way. I bought several digital courses to help myself in areas where I needed to learn with things that I didn't know. So they definitely are successful. And I also want to come out with both like a couple of digital downloads myself. And I also would love to like have my own business as well. I'm just like in the process of figuring out my life and that's okay. I'm going to figure it out. But there's so many different opportunities when it comes to online, social media, all that stuff that you could make money. The opportunities are actually endless. It's really wild. So just start posting. If that's what you want to do, start posting. Do not waste any time and don't try to be anybody else. Just get on there and do you and post about things that make you excited and things that come easy to you and natural. And don't be afraid to talk to the camera. That's like the biggest part. But that is everything for today's episode. Next week, we'll have a topic and we'll be going like all in on that. But if there's anything you want to talk about, anything you want me to talk about, please message me. I don't get a lot of like feedback on what you guys want to hear, which is absolutely fine. But I would love to hear if there's anything in particular that you guys want to hear, which was the purpose of these two Q&A episodes, because I did have a lot of people that wanted to talk about different things. So I figured I would just do it in a question type of way like this. But I will be coming up with something for us to chat about next week, but I hope you guys have a great Halloween weekend and I love you so much. Thank you for listening every single week. My mental health tip of the week for you would be give yourself the opportunity to just rest this week at some point. It doesn't have to be like the whole week, but like give yourself a night to actually unwind and watch a movie undistracted, like put your phone away. Don't be on it, you know? But maybe if relaxing to you is being on your phone, then do that. But try to like unplug a little bit and just be present. Eat some good food that you want to eat. Get some takeout if you want to. And just vibe and have a good night, okay? And just enjoy. Enjoy yourself. Because it really, at the end of the day, is not that serious, okay? And you can do all the things that your mind tells you that you can't do. I love you so much, and I will see you next Monday. Mm-hmm.